Hi, I'm Amy Blackthorne, and this is Blackthorne Grove. Hi, I'm Amy Blackthorne, and this is the Blackthorne Grove, a podcast where witchcraft meets with good friends over tea to talk about the nature of magic and community. Today, I want to talk about the nature of competition in witchcraft. Uh, but first, my name is Amy Blackthorne. I'm the author of three books on witchcraft and magical spirituality. The first is Blackthorne's Botanical Magic. It's an encyclopedia of magical aromatherapy. Then we have Sacred Smoke, a book on crafting your own aromatic practice with dried herbs and things you can find in your backyard. It talks about why white sage is over harvested and why indigenous plants and their communities are deserving of respect and excitement and the things that you can utilize in your own backyard instead of those plants. So I've been teaching since 1989 and I get to travel all over the world. And today I get to bring you along with me. So what I really want to talk about before I actually <laughs> jump in, my tea of the day is uh, a brand new one. It's called Diana. It's a pear white tea with just a hint of silver needle jasmine green tea in it. It's a really lovely blend that's really speaking to where I'm at today. Uh, it's fantastic. I had my, my self-care appointment and I had an interview with uh, the lovely Leah McCall. And so I figured while I was in the chatty mood, I would drop an episode for you. Fabulous folks. Um, as I have mentioned recently, Blackthorns Botanical Brewers will be out before you know it. The current date is October 5th. You might see it on shelves just a few days before that. Depends on when everyone gets their books from the publishers. You know, with the pandemic, things are little hit or miss coming over the border and with shipping being what it is. There's still plenty of time to pre-order it and as always I will have copies available on blackthornsbotanicals.com where you can get a signed copy for your own collection should you choose. So this comes up a lot in the community especially right around festival season. The idea of competition in witchcraft, it's so funny to me because people assume that because I publish books with one publisher that I must not like other publishers or authors for those publishers. Uh, there's so much insinuating that happens from people outside of the, the author community, which it really is a, a really lovely and vibrant community. We work all this we work the same events we get to go to the same festivals and it's it would be so much harder if we didn't love all the people that we get to meet it can be really funny when the the assumption is that if you that there must be some sort of rivalry between the houses and there really isn't and it's funny because what you figure out very quickly as an author is that people want to hear what you have to say. 
If they didn't, they wouldn't buy your books and that's okay. Not every book is for every person. And just because your book speaks to them doesn't mean that it's the only book they will ever buy. Eleanor Roosevelt, no, Theodore Roosevelt said that comparison is a thief of joy. And it has no greater demonstration than in uh, pagan religious communities. I don't need to compare myself to anyone but me. The, the authors that I know, that I love, that I, that I am privileged enough to be friends with, feel the same. It's, there is so much brightness and love and community available to us. We get to spend so much time traveling before the pandemic and hopefully after. We get to meet vibrant, amazing, incredible people every day. And we get paid, not a lot, but we get paid to go and enjoy and embrace strangers in, in their communities. We're, we're the stranger. We get to go and visit and enjoy all the local colors and flavors to be experienced. The things that when you live somewhere, you sort of take for granted. It is really a, I'm, I'm so joyful every day. I wake up and I know that this is, this is my job. <laughs> this is my life. But that idea that there's some hard and fast rule about fraternization between publishing companies or whatever, whatever the idea is, it simply doesn't exist. It isn't true. When we connect with the people around us, I'm not going to stop and take an inventory of how many books so-and-so has from this publishing company or that publishing company. We get to know people for who they are. We connect with people for who they are. We connect with authors and writers that we admire, not because they're perfect, but because of the things that make them less than perfect, that remind us that they're people just like we are. So this idea of adversarial relationships makes me sad. I was at an event before the, before the pandemic and I am walking among the booths and trying to buy everything. <laughs> so many treasures. And it was so sad to hear a vendor say, well, I really try not to, to buy from the competition. And it made me so sad. Every single person out there has something that they do better than everyone else. They have something that makes them truly unique in their voice. One that I want to hear. Every, you know, every shop has something that they do that nobody else does. Granted, there, there are a lot of people who buy from individual wholesalers and some of that may be similar to some other things but that's the nature of community that's the nature of what we do there are some things that are popular because everyone wants them everyone buys them 
but they're absolutely, whether they be tangible items or experiences or art or whatnot that only that shop can provide. And the nature of competition is such that the only person I'm competing against is the person I was yesterday, the person I was a year ago. That's the only competition I'm interested in. It's not about being better than someone else. The things that I do and the things that I love about someone are completely different than the next person on the list. We buy each other's books. We attend each other's lectures. We don't stop learning just because we got a book published. That, that would be your only book published. We can't stop growing. We can't stop, stop evolving and changing because that which doesn't change dies. If you aren't growing and evolving and changing, you're, as an author, you die. People say, oh, well, well this is book 437 of the same thing that's been rewritten. You gotta grow and change or you die. So the spirit of competition allows me to want to grow and be a better writer, to be a better publicist, to be a better everything. Every time I come up with a new blend of tea, every time I come up with a new idea for a book, I want it to be better than the last one that I came through with. There are thousands of vendors who make candles. But just because I sell candles does not mean that I can't buy candles from another company. I drink tea. That doesn't mean that my tea is the only tea I'll drink. Otherwise, you know, if, if that's how you choose to live, you, you stop growing both as a producer of items, but as a person, as a, as a witch, as a magical practitioner. If you stop engaging with the outside world, there's no room for growth. So, so there's 30 vendors at the local Pagan Pride Day. Great. Go. Engage with other vendors. Engage with other craftspeople. You have an idea for something that to improve on what they do? Great. But it's not about competing with them. Uh, I think it was Kennedy that said, uh, rising tide raises all ships. There is more than enough business and community for everyone. And spending time trying to tear down people because they do something similar to you is just, it's, that's not who I want to be and it's not who I want to have in my life. Just because someone spends money with you or your neighbor doesn't mean that that's the only thing that ever will. We can strive to be better people for ourselves, for our families, for our communities. But don't base that on what someone else is doing or you will never be happy. We have so much to give the world, so much to offer 
if you stopped selling soap because Susie down the street was selling soap, well, that's fine. But did you choose to stop for yourself? Or did you stop because you worried you weren't good enough? Because there's two things to do the minute you decide you're not good enough to do something. Do better or quit. I'm not a quitter. I, it would be very easy to look at things just as cut and dry as that, but the world isn't cut and dry. So competing with yourself, fantastic. Let that make you a better person, a better vendor, a better supplier, a better candle maker, a better soap maker. But don't let that hem you in. And I'm not talking about ripping off somebody's artwork because that's, that's shitty and we don't do that. Uh, but what I am talking about is if you have an innovation to a product that no one else has thought of, that takes it out of the realm of competition and into the realm of innovation. Innovate your products, innovate your life, innovate your magical practice. But don't tear other people down because they're doing something similar to you. Because I'll tell you what, and I'll tell you the same thing I told my uh, magical confidant, Miss Ashley. Um, it doesn't matter if seven people are writing books on magical basket weaving. It doesn't. There is literally not a single person on this planet who would write the book that you are planning to write. Your voice is a singular instrument of your own guidance, of your own life, of your own experience. So even if there are six other people wanting to write a book on magical basket weaving, there is no way on this green and verdant earth that they are writing the same thing that you are. Because that's not how variation exists. There's no way that they could have the same voice as you, the same experience, the same product and end result. So if you want to write something, write it. It doesn't matter if it gets published. It doesn't matter if another living thing ever sees those words. What matters is how you feel about your work and your worth. And worth is a very serious word in my tradition and my practice. The only way you attain and keep worth is by continuing to grow, continuing to challenge yourself and to move forward in such a way that you feel better about who you are today than who you were yesterday. In talking to members of my community, there's a common feeling and a common thread in this practice that if you can't look back five years, 10 years, 20 years, and be just a little bit embarrassed about the way that you felt or the things that you, you viewed or the way that you behaved or whatever it is, if you can't look back and see something you did wrong back then, 
you're not moving forward. You're not moving through those changes to become a better you. Because if there's nothing change, if you haven't changed at all, how much substance is there to begin with? Right? So we know that we all grow and evolve and we change. So take a look at those things. Take stock. Even if you have to make a list. I'm a Virgo. I love lists. <laughs> but take that, that time and take that experience to heart when you look at where you've been. Because that's a really great gauge of trying to figure out who you want to be and how to get there. It's funny. When you look at that, there's... There's a lot of festivals and conferences and gatherings for magical people. Conference season, festival season. And it's funny because the reason there are so many is because of that variation. Each conference, each festival, especially with the advent of online festivals because of the pandemic, I'm sure they're not going away. Each one has its own identity. Each one has something that makes it a singular, unique space so that it attracts people who are looking for that singular identity. Now, I, I've, I've talked about this before, and I, I will definitely will again talk about the idea of the mundane world and the magical world but you don't get more than one world. You get the world that you create. So in creating a festival or creating a conference, you have to figure out what's missing in the world. If you want to write a book, you want to publish a book with your very own name on it. You look at where there's room for improvement. You're not competing against other authors. You're looking to bring your very own voice to the world. You're looking to see where you can improve what's already been released, what's already out there. That's what editors are looking for. That's what the world is looking for. And that's what people who will potentially buy your book or your candle or your, your tea, they're looking for what makes it yours. There are plenty of companies out there that make magical teas. You go to blackthornsbotanicals.com and you get a feel for what I was thinking when I created this tea or when I blended that magical oil. But I have no qualms about explaining that I'm not the only producer of magical teas in the world. I'm just not. But what I am is someone who creates and blends something that speaks to me. If you write a book that you want to read, other people will want to read it too. If you create a candle that you want to have in your home, that you want to burn, that you want to uh, cast your spells or cast your intentions with, that's when you know that you have something. It's that knowing that, 
hairs on your arm, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, knowing that that is where you need to be. That is the place where your heart is thriving. I worked in executive security for 15 years, a little more. It's the kind of job where I felt like a robot that they could put any other person into my position and the job would still get done. But you know what? It's not because I strived to make my work my very own. I needed a position in this world. I needed a spot that was just my very own. And I went out and I made it. The, my teaching style, my, the way that I speak, my connection to my audience in you and my audience in my books, the audience for my teas or my magical oils, every bit of that is a bit of my essence. And if you can take that and put that out into the world, then you've done something incredible. It doesn't have to be magical. It just has to be magic to you. And if that means that your fruit stand is known for the artistry that you put together a fruit basket, then it's magic. If you write up an invoice better than anyone ever has and ever will, that is magic. But the idea that we have to compete for items, for resources, for magical materials, for dedicants, for attention, it's a false narrative. The people who are looking for you will find you. The people who are looking for my tea will find me. The people who are looking for my books will find me. And the people who don't will find something else, and that is okay. The, the important part is to understand that not every person will be right for your business, and you will not be right for every person. Your business can't meet all needs to all people at all times, and you will drive yourself nuts trying to get that. Instead, you're only competing with yourself. Make sure that you are a better person than you were yesterday. I know you can do it. If you need me to, I'll write you a note. I'll remind you that I have faith in you. If you are having one of those days where it's hard to remember that other people have faith in you. I can have faith enough for both of us. But the important thing in that journey is that taking stock. It's really hard. It's hard to be honest with ourselves. It's hard to see our own flaws. Absolutely talk to people who are close to you. See if they can very gently point out areas in which you could use some help or some resources. But don't feel like just because there are 
two other witchy shops in your town or two other florists or two other grocery stores or ad infinitum that you can't offer something that is singularly and spectacularly yours. I've been doing this a long time. There are days when it feels like forever. You know, I have a, I have a, an interview to talk about Blackthorn's Botanical Brews and I get, I get asked how long I've been practicing witchcraft or practicing magic or intention work. If it's a, if it's a more new agey podcast and it feels like forever, but only because I've put so much of my life and my time and my effort and my thought into not only how to make this world a better place, but how to make my magic singularly mine, how to express that to family, to friends, and how to make my mark on the world. It's one of those things that is embedded in our DNA to want to make our mark on whatever it is that we do. So rather than try and fight with your neighbor about who has the better mark, just make it yours. Right now in my very small state, there, there are two magical shops that I deal with. And I absolutely adore both of them. With my whole heart, adore them. Uh, Jesse at Finding Avalon, we get to talk about all sorts of things in our magical practices. We, we have tea, we chat, we talk about all sorts of things. But that does not lessen my relationship with Find Your Harmony with Miss Terry at all. They are two separate things. As a business, you have to be flexible when it comes to who you are and where you, where you've been. But especially when you're looking at your intention, your magical practice as a business, my coven or my, my circle of friends. If you were to start a group tomorrow, you wouldn't want every pagan, witch, whatever your label is in your state, in your private space. Not all of them are great people. You're not going to get along with every person ever. And that's okay. What you do want is to find the people who you will connect with. And if that means spreading the word or attending a pagan pride day or putting out flyers, trying to find the people who are yours, that's fine. Go for it. But you don't have to compete with anyone. Every festival that has, you know, they, if they were looking at competing with every other festival in the state, in the country, each one has their own personality. Find out what your personality is. You go to sacred space in Maryland in the early spring. You'll find classes for advanced practitioners. There's no beginner classes at all allowed. You, you'll find deep scholastic thinking and 
ecstatic ritual and really incredible experiences. But you'll also find people sitting in the hallway and catching up. You'll find people who only get to see each other once a year at that festival, at that conference. And those are the people. That's what makes these festivals and these conferences what they are. The people. So you go to, if you were able to ever attend PantheaCon in California, or you attended Sacred Space, or you attended Mystic South, you're going to get a different feeling, a different personality in each of those places, because it is its own liminal space. It only exists in that space for that time. And even if you come back next year, it may not have the same feeling or identity as it did the year before. The very first year of Sacred Space, not Sacred Space, the very first year of Mystic South, I was so thrilled to be doing a conference in Georgia that I hadn't done yet. I hadn't gotten to teach in Georgia. I got to visit with wonderful friends and spend time in my the loving embrace of my community. But the air conditioning went out in the, in the hotel. It wound up um, making the hotel itself had to cut down the, the conference early. There was, you know, it was the hotel's issue with their, their own infrastructure. It wasn't a, a conference related issue, but the camaraderie that you experienced by sweating through this conference the first year really entrenched people who attended in that camaraderie feeling. Oh yes, you you braved the the Georgia in the summer. <laughs> it was a really incredible and joyful feeling to be able to connect with with people. I look forward to going back to the Mystic South every year. And even though there's different communities and different spaces and different people who can attend these festivals, even multiple festivals. Each one has a really incredible and beautiful personality that makes people, draws people back to them. Everyone has their own feeling, their own personality. You just have to find the one that makes you feel at home. It doesn't mean there can only be one festival. Doesn't mean there can even be one conference in a year in your state. Because even if there's multiples, even if there's more than one, you know that the right one is the one that these people find. So don't let the idea of competition, the idea of this, this competitive spirit turn poisonous. Allow it to drive you as a practitioner, as a magician, as a witch, to be better for you and your in your community. You can hear Lily downstairs. Um, she wants me to come downstairs rather than her come up here. Um, I just, I really wanted to talk about that today. The idea, you know, I, I often have a, a thorn in my side segment and it, 
it's just the idea that any one person could own the spirit of community. Any one person is entitled to have their own festival or this, this community and these people, these beautiful, bright spirits don't belong to just one person. Every person brings their own individual light. I guess that's what I had to say today. I um, That came out a little more intense than I thought about it. I'm going to, I'm going to think about this some more. If you have questions or you have comments on the idea, please feel free to post them on Blackthorn Grove on Facebook, or you can email us at theblackthorngrove at gmail.com. I am really interested to hear what you have to say about this. Uh, I really appreciate you. Again, keep an eye out for Blackthorn's Botanical Brews coming out the, you know, the very first week in October. There is a really fantastic, uh, the 30, a 30 page preview available on line, tinyurl.com and it's slash Blackthorns Botanical Brews. So give us a holler and I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Bye.